Hey, thanks for tuning into our podcast today. My name is Derek Puckett. I'm the lead pastor at Renewal Church of Chicago. If you want to know more information about us, you can head to our website at RenewalChicago.com. I pray today that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. I want to read into your hearing Mark chapter 15, verses 16 through 20, and I'm just going to read it into your hearing. It says this, And the soldiers led him away inside the palace, that is the governor's headquarters, and they called together the whole battalion, and they clothed him in a purple cloak, twisting together a crown of thorns. They put it on him, and they began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews! And they were striking him, striking his head with a reed, spitting on him, and kneeling down in homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the purple cloak and put his own clothes on him. And they led him out to crucify him. The very words of scripture. Amen. Today is Friday, and you and I have come, we have come to a funeral, but it's not just any old funeral, it is a funeral preceded by murder and torture. There's sorrow, there are tears, the king uh, the king they had thought had come to rule in power is now being tortured and mocked. Satan must have thought as he looked at Friday that Friday was going to be his greatest accomplishment yet. But Jesus had been saying while he was alive that no one takes his life from him. He lays it down himself. But one of our contemporaries, one, uh, one of our historians, uh, Josephus, he articulates to uh, history over the annals of time the particulars of what it meant when Jesus was scourged as Pastor Derek told us that, uh, that, uh, that Pilate was trying to release Barabbas and the people said, no, we want Jesus. And so the Bible says in verse 15 that they took him and, and they scourged him. Josephus says the, the prisoner would be stripped and bound to a post and beaten with a leather whip woven with bits of bone or metal. No maximum number of strokes was prescribed. The scourging lacerated and stripped the flesh, often exposing bones and entrails. One of its purposes was to shorten the duration of crucifixion, but scourging was so brutal that some prisoners died before reaching the cross. So if you can imagine, the skin of Jesus' back is exposed to his ribcage. He he has been beaten and scored so badly that he might not make it to the cross. And yet they take him after they scourged him. They, uh, they take him and the Bible says that the whole battalion, which 
was one-tenth of a Roman legion or 600 soldiers. They took him to the governor's quarters and they called all 600 of these soldiers and, and they clothed him in a purple cloak so they stripped him of his clothes. And they placed this purple cloak on him. Purple was in the ancient times, the most expensive and prestigious of ancient dyes, it symbolized royalty. 600 soldiers strip him naked, put a robe on him. Here's the king of the Jews. They, they fashion a crown for the king, right? Put the crown on that king. Crown of thorns they place upon his head. And the blood begins to drip down. Here's the king of the Jews. And, uh, and, and they put the crown on him. And the Bible says that they began to salute him. Hail, king of the Jews. Hail, king of the Jews. If you can even imagine, as, as Colossians talks about the, the preeminence of Jesus, the one who spoke and literally universes came into existence, the one who put breath in these 600 soldiers' body, allowed them to mock him. If you can imagine, he's probably just trying to continue to breathe. They stripped the creator of the universe of his clothes. And they put a purple robe on him. And they took a reed. It's like a walking stick. In the ancient times, they, 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 took, this, they took this reed and, uh, and uh, the Bible says uh, as, as they took this reed, they, they were striking his head with a reed and spitting on him and kneeling down in homage to him. Other accounts say that uh, they said, prophesy, king of the Jews who struck you. 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 They embarrass the architect of architecture. The designer of dimensions. The creator of creation. is spat on and beaten by 600 soldiers. But it's Friday, Derek. And we came to a funeral. 
The religious leaders of Jesus' time must have thought they had won. Finally, they, they got him locked up. They, they are getting ready to get him crucified, the shameful death of a criminal. They looked at the cross as they got ready to hand Jesus that hundred-pound beam, and he saved others, and he can't even save himself. Mary and Martha must, must have been in a quandary. For they had just watched their brother Lazarus. They had just watched their brother Lazarus rise from the dead after they rolled the stone away. And he said he was the resurrection and the life. But he can't save himself. It would be him. Now, who was going to be placed in a tomb? It would be him who was clothed in grave clothes. This time it was going to be Jesus behind the stone. It's Friday. On that old cross, after they found the soft portions in his wrists and in his feet, and they hoisted him high back exposed against that old rugged cross. He took his last breath and said, it is finished. But so much seems left to be done. It's Friday and we're at a funeral. The apostle Paul himself said Jesus put our spiritual enemy and made him a spectacle by shaming him through the cross. But right now, there seems to be no triumph because it's Friday and we're at a funeral. The pain of the crucifixion must have paled in comparison to the mental and emotional trauma of taking on the sin of the world. I, I mean, it makes sense that Jesus was sweating blood in the garden of Gethsemane and he said, uh, if there is any way for this cup to pass from me, let it pass. And yet he still said, not my will, but yours be done. It must have seemed unbearable. Jesus spent the entirety of his existence rejecting sin and obeying his father and yet now the sin of the world and the brokenness that exists in the world because of sin was placed on him. Your trauma and my trauma, your sickness and your disease, the thing that caused your struggles with mental health, the abuse and the shame because of the abuse, the shame that you carried because of the thing that happened to you that one time and you don't really like to talk about the injustice, the prejudice, the bias that exists in the world and the sin that exists in my own heart and in your own heart from the beginning of time to the end of time placed on Jesus in one moment in time. No wonder he was sweating blood in the garden. No wonder he said, please let this cup pass from me. Can you even imagine the mental and emotional crisis it must have been 
Justice and love had to meet at the cross for love without justice keeps one from truly being loving and justice without love isn't just. So justice said judgment must be executed and love said I'll go. So love and justice met at a funeral on a Friday afternoon and on Friday it looked like a terrible drama but it was actually the most incredible love story ever told. But on Friday, judgment for sin had to be executed and Jesus said, I'll take the wrath. So he takes the pain of the scourging, he takes the humiliation and shame of the mockery and he takes on the crucifixion, he, he takes on the mental and emotional trauma of sin, he takes the wrath of God, he uh, takes it in isolation, crying out from the cross, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? But it's still Friday. We're still mourning. We still don't fully understand that the only way for us to actually make it into the presence of God was to have this kind of grace. It's Friday and we still don't understand that our righteousness, our belonging, our, our stuff that we try to present would never be enough to earn the belonging that we so desire. It's Friday and we still don't see the magnitude of our own brokenness and our own sin and the drastic separation between us and a holy God. There's still something in us that says if I just live a good enough life and say I was a good person at the end of it, it's Friday. Friday, and we're still building our lives on things other than God. It's Friday, and we still don't understand how much we are in desperate need of grace. It's Friday, but there seems to be something else. There seems to be something more to the story Actually, thank God it's Friday. Sunday is around the corner. It's, it's Friday. Thank God the story didn't end on Friday. Thank God your story doesn't have to end on a Friday. It's Friday. But Sunday's coming. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I pray that we would not take lightly the act of your kindness towards us. I pray as we look to another Good Friday, the realization of love and justice coming together in one moment in time on the cross, if we were to ever wonder about your love, Would we just look to the cross? Would we remind ourselves that not only was our Savior tortured, not only was he crucified, not only was he mocked, not only was he spat on,
but he spent his entire existence rejecting sin. And yet all of our sin, past, present, and future, was placed on him in one moment in time. And the belonging, the acceptance, the, the belovedness that he knew with the Father, he now experiences that isolation on the cross. Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? So that now the Father could turn his face towards some other sons and daughters. Jesus experienced that isolation in the wrath of God so that you and I might be brought in, so that you and I might belong, so that you and I might be called beloved, so that you and I might be able to stand in the presence of God as a cherished child. So, Father, tonight, it's Friday and we're at a funeral. But thank God Sunday's coming. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast today. I pray that it was a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. I look to see you at one of our services at 9 or 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. Take care. God bless you.